0: I well, just want to share a few announcements for you. Uh, we got um, uh, we got activity groups that are that are up and running. Softballs in full swing, no, no pun intended there, I guess. Uh, actually, I hear the team's doing well, They're, like undefeated in the, in the intermediate. At least that's pretty awesome. Yeah, way to go, guys. I don't know about. Oh shoot, did I just make a jab at the not intermediate? I just hear about the intermediate. So the not intermediate's about having fun. Uh, uh, so that's happening, we got board game groups, we've got uh, hiking groups, we got groups that are like using liquid nitrogen and blowing stuff up, I think. I think that's a rumor, I'm just perpetuating here, but some sort of Silicon Valley engineer group doing Silicon Valley <laughs> engineering things, if you want to be a part of that, um, and the whole hope of the activity groups are, uh, one, as we take a break from our normal kind of Bible study uh, groups, which was very intentional in the summer to give our leaders breaks and, and understanding that people are moving around a lot more, so it's harder to be a little bit more consistent, uh, in, in addition to allowing ourselves opportunity to develop different relationships within the church with different folks, because, because it's around shared activities, uh, these are also great opportunities, hopefully, to bring those who are not in church or might not otherwise be interested in church into. So that's really the hope, to not just attend the board game and group or go on a hike, but if... If you can, bring those neighbors or coworkers into that too. So we we hope that you'd uh, check those out. Those are are up and going. Um, I do want to also focus in on the fact that next week we are throwing another round of baptisms. Really excited. Yeah. We've got two gals uh, signed up for that. Hey, if you are here today and you have made a decision to follow Jesus and you've never been baptized, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's your next step. Uh, that's, that's your next step in the faith. God calls us all to be baptized, to make that pro- uh, uh, public declaration of faith. And it's going to be a lot of fun. The team does a good job of warming the water and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so we'd love for you to uh, check that out. If you're interested in activity groups or baptism, including just asking questions about any of the above, uh, please fill out this connection card that was on your seat when you came in. Uh, we are trying to be as paperless as possible, so we reuse the ones that aren't touched. Um, but we will get you the email of the different happenings of the life of the church. You just send out one email, so you can, you can get that and, and be a part of that. All right. Well, today I'm excited to start a new series in the book of Jonah, and I'm excited about it for, for a couple of reasons. One, it gets us into the Old Testament. Um, if you've been here for a length of time, maybe you've heard that uh, one of my ongoing uh, goals... For the church is to give us a well-rounded biblical diet, so I'm trying to, from time to time, uh, make sure we're hitting different sections of, of the scriptures. So, for instance, uh, we recently finished up a series in the book of Galatians. That's what's known as a, an epistle, or a letter to the early church in the New Testament. Uh, New Testament being the part of Scripture that follows the life of Jesus in the er- and the and and then in the early church. And then before Galatians, we for a good good part of a good good chunk of time went through the gospel, or the biography, account of Jesus, uh, of Luke. And so we spent time doing that. So we've been in the New Testament quite a bit. Uh, so I'm excited now to get into the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, and look at the life of Jonah. And uh, partly I'm excited about Jonah for the vision, I believe, this book will set us up for when it comes to the, the summer months, okay? I'm really look, uh, hoping that God will use... Uh, uh, the, this book to help us think about utilizing uh, the summer, because in the fall we're gearing up for an initiative called Explore God. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more about this in the coming months and, and as as fall approaches. But we're gonna we're gonna be joining up with might with what might end up being hundreds of churches in the Bay Area, kind of linking arms with this initiative to raise questions and address different objections or. Or curiosities about the Christian faith. So there's going to be a, a number of these questions: uh, Is Jesus really God? Is the Bible reliable? Why is there pain and suffering? And the whole idea is it's meant to be kind of a, a, a I don't want to say a blitz blitzkrieg, but it's this idea of just getting the information out. So as all tr- all these churches do, that people have different points of seeing uh, where they might get get involved. And so there's going to be billboards going up, there's going to be lots of stuff in your Instagram feed and all that sort of stuff about these issues and these topics coming up in the hopes that people will find a place to go to church. And then, in addition to that, we hope that one, it'll be a help to people in the church thinking about these questions, building up your faith if you have faith in Jesus, and then also being a place, and almost especially being a place where those in our lives who wouldn't otherwise perhaps go to church might be a little more intrigued, and it might address some of their Issues or concerns in a way that would be helpful to them. In other words, the hope of this initiative is for your neighbors and for your coworkers. And so, as I just talked about with our activity groups, we're hoping with Jonah to kind of like see the scriptural underpinning of what the hope is, what the vision is for us heading into that. Okay, Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about Explore God coming up. So I know that's just kind of like a high level, but I'm excited about that. Jonah, I'm really excited about Jonah when it comes to all of this because. At the very core of it, God called Jonah to take his message to people who didn't know God. And that is the call of every Christian, every person who's put their faith in Jesus. Jesus said before he left and ascended to heaven, go and make disciples. That's your call and mine. That's, that's our call as a church. And I love Jonah because for his part in that, he was terrible. He was a terrible prophet. In fact, you could probably argue of the true prophets... Jonah was the worst, and I love that because it's so encouraging because the fact of the matter is you and I are probably like, you know, no, we are a lot more like Jonah than we care to admit or recognize, and so it's encouraging as it is uh, uh, challenging as it is, you know, kind of giving us a push, so I'm really excited to, to look at this, at this terrible prophet because if, if God could use Jonah, God can use you and me. So let's pray and then we'll get into Jonah chapter 1. Father, what a treat to, to be able to share that time dedicating those little ones and, just, and really just to come together before you and worship in the freedom that you've afforded to us in this time and place. We don't, we don't take that for granted. Thank you that we can come to you in, in freedom to worship you, to look at your word. Father, would you please give us especially your spirit ...to understand what you have in front of us. Help me to get out of the way even. And would you speak to our hearts in a way that we we each leave with a a touch from your spirit. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so the book of Jonah begins with these words. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has, has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord... And headed to Tarshish, he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship uh, bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. This is reading almost comically, wouldn't you say? I mean, we're only a couple verses in, and you got to stop and think of how is it we even have a Book of Jonah at all? I mean, right? Like the, and you know, even in the original Hebrew, it's even more stark. The language. Because in in verse 2, God says to Jonah, more literally, arise and go. And in verse 3, it says, Jonah arose and fled. I mean, it's just, you know, Jonah runs, and yet there's still a story. (laughs) We've got a there's more, there's more verses than, than these. And if that's not saying anything to us right off the bat, it's telling us, thought number one, sometimes God chooses to use us in spite of ourselves, Sometimes God chooses to use us in spite of ourselves. Jonah doesn't just disobey God, he runs in the other direction. Right? One, one person, I, I, one, one uh, Bible scholar was saying, when he was called to go east, he went west. When he was called to go uh, inland, he went to the sea. When he was called to the big city of Nineveh, he went to really what was known to be the outer edges of the world at the time, Tarshish. Jonah was Not just disobeying, he was going in the complete opposite direction. He was was fleeing. Now, before we just kind of, you know, give Jonah a bad rap, it's not hard to understand why he probably felt these things. In fact, later, especially in chapter 4, we'll get into much more of the detail of why he was feeling. But even still, at this point, it's not hard to understand why he was fleeing the Lord. Number one, God was calling him to a Gentile nation. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And this was essentially the only time in all of the Old Testament scriptures, with all the prophets God called to do all these number of things, this is essentially the only time or one of the very few times where God calls a prophet to go outside of Israel, outside of Judah, to this faraway nation. Which, I mean, this side of the cross and Jesus making the... the, uh, the good news available to those of us who don't have jewish descent it's like we might take that for granted but back then jonah's time the original readers would have been like whoa he was sending him to nineveh that gentile nation but what's more jonah jonah probably wouldn't have wanted gone certainly because it was a terrible nation the ancient assyrian empire was is bad Is, is i can't think of a worse nation okay I was sitting there in preparation for writing this message, thinking how much detail to give you in terms of like how bad this nation was. And over and over again, I was like, I'm not going to say that at church. Like, horrific things. Child sacrifice, uh, playing with their conquered people, victimized, like in brutal ways. I mean, Cindy and I just had the opportunity to go through Rome and hear about the just atrocities in the Colosseum. Those barely touched what the Assyrians used to do terrible terrible nation and everybody knew it Jonah was being called to go there one Bible scholar said it would have been like a Jew in the days before World War II to be called to go out on on the Nazi German streets and say you guys need to repent you guys need to." so okay it's not hard to see why Jonah would not be all that excited about going to Nineveh okay to give him give him a boom all right God understood that this was a terrible nation. He says, hey, this nation is wicked. Like, I'm I'm calling you to ask them into repentance, which just means to turn for their ways, to to turn to, to good. And Jonah was no doubt reasoning that God was giving these terrible people, people that he just looked down his nose at, an opportunity for grace. And Jonah didn't want to be a part of that. Um... And what this book is going to tell us, what the book is going to show us, the reason why this book exists beyond these few verses is that he was going to miss out if that were to happen. Um, verse 1 starts with some of the most precious words in the Bible. Wait a minute, David, there's a lot of precious words in the Bible. Yeah, there are a lot of precious words. Verse 1 is is this verse we could easily just read over and think, it's just a description. Okay, let's Note, noted, check, let's move on. These are precious words. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go. The word of the, of the living God, the, the creator, the one who made the, the heavens and the, and the earth, the, the, the great provider, the great I am, came to Jonah by name, personally, intimately, with a mission so so much greater than Jonah could have even conceived. God was coming. And what's nuts, current family, is he does that with you and me. He calls you and me by name, personally, into a mission infinitely greater than what we could achieve on our own. That's, that's what God calls us to do. You know, we, we regularly say in our culture that people come here. People come to Silicon Valley to, quote, change the world, Right? come to change the world that's good that's wonderful but God is saying through His scripture over and over again he's like if that's your goal you're aiming too low don't just try to change the world be a part of changing eternity be a part of my mission and God calls you and me to do that here here in the Bay Area it's incredible but the reality is you and I tend to be more like Jonah than we probably care to admit or recognize we, we probably tend to flee it a little bit more than we care to admit or recognize, but thank God that even when we flee, he's not necessarily through with us, right? Uh, sometimes God chooses to use us in spite of ourselves. Uh, Jonah didn't want to take God's message to the Assyrians. A lot of us don't want to take the message to Arians. Now, please, real quick, I'm not trying to compare Syria and the Bay Area. That's not what I'm trying to do. Having said that, there's a lot of a lot of us here would be like, "Whoa, that's a scary proposition." Some of you, I love it. It's like cheering up my faith and the barrier. That's awesome. A lot, a lot more of us probably like, "Well, that's terrifying," because there's not a great receptivity towards Christianity here. We all know that. Uh, over the last few weeks, it's been it's been pretty interesting. Uh, Cindy and I, we got a chance to get away for our 15th year anniversary, which was a real treat, just the two of us, and we hadn't done that since before the kids. So. It was a wonderful treat. We're, we're very grateful for it, but it allowed me, allowed us to kind of change up our nor- normal rhythms of life, right? Even before the trip, I was just kind of I had to do some shopping to kind of get get ready for it, and just it's out and about in different spe- spheres of life that I'm not normally in. And uh, you know, I'm I'm tired these days, which is why you know, uh, you know, I could, I was u- u- needing a trip like that. I'm tired these days, but I'm an extrovert, so I'm just out there. When I'm out there hanging out with people. I'm just talking to people. I could be at a store. I'm just getting to know people, and inevitably. Uh, almost every conversation, people will ask if it's long enough. Is what do you do? And then I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm a pastor, <laughs> start a church, and and um, you know, just so you know, so I've grown up in the Bay Area. It's like I'm, I'm not new to that. And I have, I'm a pastor. I've had to answer that question a lot, or I not had to get to answer that question a lot. And um, but it's been interesting over the last little bit. I have found that far from in, in such a short concentration of time, I've, I've found a lot more people just like. Not receptive towards that. It's, it's a conversation just ended right there, um, which I've experienced before, but like there's a lot, there's been a lot more of that. And, you know, it's not like I'm sitting o- over coffee with them and can get into that, which is actually a little bit bummer because I'd love to hear more of what's going on there. But the, the point is, that's the area we live in. We can very often just feel like just not a receptive towards the message that God calls us to share. And what is a natural response to that? Well, in our own way, to flee from it to not be a part of it. We may not be in Nineveh, but God's call for us is the same, where he's placed us, to be a light here, to bring God's message to it. And so let me just ask you, you know, in light of this verse one, the Lord came to Jonah, son of Antioch, you could put your own name in that. Amazing, mind-boggling. The word of the Lord came to you, it came to me, Jesus gave us his mission. First of all, has that sunk in? The, the, The preciousness of beauty of that, the wonder of that. And then if it has, what are you doing with that? Have you been fleeing that? Um you know it could be out of fear, could out of it could be out of just busyness, it could be out of other preoccupations, whether good or bad. Uh, There's any number of ways. And I'll just say this if you're starting to feel it as I as I ask that question, if you have been fleeing it or you sense that you have in part, you would be in good company. I mean, starting with Jonah, right? I mean, you're not getting on a ship to Tarshish, are you? you know? And a lot of us are in this place, because I think the point is, this is trying to show us that a lot of us are, are like Jonah. Uh, for what is, so, so God often uses us, even in spite of ourselves, and you know what, just to share this real briefly and then we'll move on, this has perhaps been the biggest prayer that I've had for the church since before day one. So actually, this has been the day of revealing my prayer life to you. I've been, the biggest prayer I've been praying for kids is to love the Lord, learn to love the Lord, the God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. The biggest prayer I've had perhaps for the church is that God would build this church, God would build current in spite of us. That's been my biggest explicit prayer. Actually, I've made it a little bit more personal. That God would build his church in spite of me. Now, I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm hiding as an axe murderer pastor up here, like I've got this closet. You know, that's not, what, I'm just saying, but this, we're Jonah. You and I were Jonah in far more ways than we care to admit or recognize. And, and the fact of the matter is we need God to move in spite of us. I do, we do not want to just be a church that's got it all figured out, strategies in place. And all no, we want to see God move in spite of us. That's our prayer. So God moves sometimes in spite of us. Number two, God sometimes sends a storm to wake us up to his call. Sometimes God sends a storm to wake us up to his call. Verse four, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Sometimes God sends a storm in our lives to call us to his purposes. I mean, God literally sent a storm to wake up Jonah, right? Part of me, you know, finds it surprising obviously, that, that Jonah managed to be asleep during this whole ordeal, okay? And I say that as a little bit of a sailor. And myself, I got, to, I got the chance as a kid to grow up on, on boats a little bit. Being out in even the most mildest of storms is terrifying, let alone a storm that's like threatening to break up a ship. If professional sailors are nervous, let alone scared, you better be scared. Or, you know, at least in light of what we're, it was a scary storm. And yet, and yet Jonah was sleeping. So part of me is like, Surprised by that. But then part of me is, like, not surprised at all. Because what I think we see happening here with Jonah is he wasn't just fleeing God physically, right, you know, in terms of his space. He was also fleeing God mentally, wouldn't you say? He was just trying to to cast it all out of his mind. And, hey, we've all been there. The harshness of life is such that we just, even sleep allows us some sort of, like, medication. Like, we just want to get away from it. Jonah, he managed to be able to be asleep even in the midst of a storm. But God sent a storm to wake him up and ultimately to redirect him. Here's something that has hit me down the years as I've studied the scriptures and thought about Jonah. Because as a little guy, as a little guy, I used to read this story and think of the, the storm, and for that matter, the fish that's coming. I used to think of the storm as bad, you know, punishment. Like, Jonah, there you go. You know, it's like, oh, bad for you. Like, this storm... I've come to realize that the storm was God's gift to Jonah. The storm it was an incredible blessing and grace to Jonah. God was giving him an incredible gift. Why? Because the storm was God not letting Jonah get away with being Jonah. The storm was God not letting Jonah flee from the incredible thing that God was calling him to. Even as Jonah's in his own little scope of life, trying to make the decision best for himself. God would not let him get away from it. Uh, you know what would have been far, far more terrifying than that, than God sending that storm, is if God had not sent the storm. I humbly believe we're going to get into heaven. We're going to get to heaven. We're going to talk to Jonah. He's probably going to look a little sheepish. No, he's not. We're, we're all going to look sheepish in this sense, but we're going to talk to Jonah, he's, he's going to be singing God's praises because he sent the storm. He didn't let it End at verse 3, with him running and, uh, running from the Lord. The storm was a grace. The storm was good, even as, yes, we need to recognize, the storm was no fun. Okay, the storm was terrifying. It was not good. And, you know, storms of life are not fun. We could talk about it academically right now, but the reality is, and some of you are in the midst of storms, they're, they're not fun. They're scary. They, they rock us in, in more senses than, than one. Uh, God sends storms... Often to, to wake us up to his call. Sometimes that storm can come as a direct result of our sin, as was the case for Jonah. Uh, sometimes the storms can come as, as a result of just living, uh, an unavoidable consequence of living in this fallen world. And, and by the way, more often than not, it's that one. And I want to be really careful here because uh, I think we've all experienced storms in life that, are, that come as a direct result of something we've done, right? It's like, you know, you can draw the straight line. But we gotta be real careful on that because the Bible's really clear. Not all storms are a direct result of something that you did, and so the Bible would not have you. Jesus Himself would not have you just starting to look back. Well, how did I do? You know. Having said that, storms are always an occasion to look at. Well, what might God be saying to me in the midst of this? How might be he be How might He be awakening me to His call to His purposes? Um, some of you know I have this pinched nerve, and it has you know it's it's been. Been no fun. Uh, I have an underlying condition, as as many of you know, kind of a rare form of arthritis. But then I, I've got I've had this pinched nerve now for for eight weeks. And uh, the, the the thing about this pinched nerve is, uh, it's not just the pain that's bothersome. And please hear this in spirit, which I'm trying to say this. It's not the pain that's bothersome, although that's bothersome. It's the fact that it's debilitating in a lot of ways in my life. Like I can't do a lot of the normal activity. It's a storm I'm experiencing. Okay. And as a lot of as. Uh, a, As it is a lot of no fun, it has also been the occasion for me to see God's gift in the midst of it. And I'm not just saying that because I was forced to study Jonah 1 this week. I've been thinking about this before even this week. There's been a real gift in the not fun of having this this pinched nerve. And one of the gifts in the midst of this is it's been helping me see that I need to slow down a little bit. Um, I've been running kind of hard, running kind of fast, doing a lot of things, doing a lot of wonderful things... And I've been neglecting a lot of important relationships. I haven't been prioritizing them in the community in a way that I believe the Lord would have me prioritize them. You know, even as a pastor who works in a church, uh, I can easily get stuck not focusing on the things that God would have me focus on. If I don't in the community, if I'm not there, does that make sense? And so the pinch nerves help me kind of go. You know, I've been running so fast and not seeing these relationships that God God has given me that I haven't been giving time and space to, whether that's physically in terms of time or whether that's mentally in terms of my capacity. And this pinched, pinched nerve in an interesting way. has kind of slowed me down to, to realize that. And actually, to take it a step further, it's actually helped me kind of build relationships with some people in ways that I wouldn't have otherwise because they see me out on the baseball field looking like a guy who shouldn't be out on the baseball field. And now we're having a conversation around like, well, I'm just a vulnerable person over there, but it leads to interesting conversations where we're actually connecting on a deeper level, which is hard for guys to do. General, but you know, the Lord uses these things. Uh, storms can be an incredible gift. What are you doing with God's call, with His purpose, with His message that He gives you? What are you doing when He's trying to get your attention? Are you even listening to try to get His attention? Some of you might be thinking right now, I was like, well, I don't know how to, how I'd even go about hearing from God if He is trying to give me His attention. And to that, I would say, yeah, you do. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus, yeah, you do. The Holy Spirit's in you. You might need to learn to open up your, the, the eyes or ears of your heart a little bit more. It's just being attentive. It's listening. It might even be a simple prayer of like stopping in the middle of the day. God, might you be saying something here? And then asking him. And, and, and when you do that, you'll find that he speaks. Now you might get to the place where you're like, oh, well, I'm not sure if he's speaking. Is he speaking? Well, let me say to you, first of all, in those situations, he's never going to contradict his word because that would be contradicting himself. So if you feel like he's like, oh, is he telling me to do this with my life, but it contradicts the word, he's not telling you that, right? That's easy. But sometimes he's calling you to do something. You might, I don't know if I should do my part in making that relationship right. Yeah, he's probably calling you to do that. And even if he's not, that's, yeah, he is, okay, he is. Maybe, maybe he's calling you to go ahead and be the first person to ask for, for forgiveness, to say Sorry. Maybe he's calling you to receive forgiveness. Maybe he's calling you to let go of a bitter root that you've just been stubbornly holding on to. You've got a narrative in your head that's just like, no, that person's out to whatever. And you're just holding on. Maybe the Lord's saying that I need you to loosen up on it. Like you could you could maybe love them like Jesus, like Jesus loves you. I mean, God sends storms in our life sometimes to wake us to his call. Are you attentive to those? Or are you sleeping? <laughs> are you sleeping on it? wonderful promise in the scriptures is that we know in all things God works for the good of those whom he loves and whom he's called to his purposes he works in all things for the good you you know this if you've been a Christian for a month that's a wonderful promise it's on a lot of coffee mugs in all things God works in the storms included it's a gift often if you see it if you look for it so God sometimes chooses to use us in spite of ourselves Thank you, Lord. Sometimes God sends a storm to wake us up to his call. And then third, final thought. Sometimes God accomplishes his very purposes precisely through our failings. Sometimes it's precisely through our failings that God accomplishes his very purpose. Verse 7. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots and find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making... All this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? What are your, uh, from what people are you? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. And then listen to this. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Sometimes God accomplishes his very purposes through our failings. It has never hit me before this week that Jonah was trying to flee, taking God's message to those Gentiles over there in Nineveh, And fled the other way, only for God to reach these Gentile sailors, precisely through him fleeing. And you know what's actually crazier than that? God, God didn't just get through Jonah's disobedience. He got through his blatant bigotry and sin. Jonah didn't want to go over there because he wanted to hang out with his people. And if God was going to, like, try to nudge him, well, he's going to get away from it all then. He even said, I'm a Hebrew. You can almost hear it in his voice. Jonah wanted to just hang out here. God was calling him to talk and bring his message to the Gentiles. And funny enough, when he went that way, God said, okay, I got these sailors over here. And that is incredible to me, friends. God not only sometimes uses it in spite of us, he sometimes uses our, our failings to accomplish his very purposes. I mean, that's the goodness of God because he's pursuing people and he's choosing just as graciously, in some ways more graciously, to, pursue, to use us to pursue others. Uh, these guys, from what we can tell, put their faith genuinely in, in the Lord precisely at Jonah's mis, mis, misgivings, his, his failings. God can and use us in similar ways. I mean, one of the things that really strikes me, and we'll just say, talk, touch on this briefly, is the fact that this text really highlights, emphasizes the fact that these guys are like pagan Casting lots to their gods. Don't, you call out to your God. You know, it really takes a lot of chunk of scripture to kind of bring that to the surface. And I, I think that's, what's interesting about that to me is these sailors are probably the last people on the planet that the people of God would have probably thought would have put their faith in God. Wouldn't you say? Don't you think then that your neighbor, your coworker, if you're a follower of God, who you're thinking, oh man, they're not gonna, they've got so much things against Christianity. Don't you think that, yeah, God could probably reach them. I've seen it over and over again, friends, family. You know, in some ways, myself. That, that's, that's the gospel. God chases us. He pursues us. He's gracious, and he's going to use us or not use us, which would be even sadder. Regardless, and so that—that's the call. Uh, I want to show a video that the team put together. It's really awesome. They did such a good job of of Brian Rennie giving his video testimony. You might recognize that name. Some of you guys were in his group and, or groups and served on the ops team with him. Uh, you also might recognize him. He was baptized just a, just a month or two ago. Um, and it's really fun seeing that. Um, you get to hear some of his story. Uh, real briefly, he came to the Bay Area thinking, you know, he was not a follower of God. He thought the Bay Area was only going to affirm all those objections and thoughts. And, and little did he know that God would actually find him here and bring him into the faith, so... Um, Let's watch this and then we'll say a few more words.
1: I came out here to go to Stanford and to learn from some of the great minds in my industry. But uh, to my surprise, I ended up learning about the greatest teacher of all, and that's Jesus. My name is Brian. I'm from Bloomfield, New Jersey. I am the youngest of four children. I grew up Catholic, my mom is the director of religious education at our church back home. As I grew older and um, went to college and I was in engineering school and my relationship with God had gotten to a point where I'd really come to the conclusion or reasoned with myself that there was nothing, there was no creator. Coming to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley like these doubts and skepticism that I had about uh, Christianity or faith in general were only reinforced. Early 2022, I got an invitation in the mail to come celebrate Easter with current, And um, my girlfriend was going to be in town a little bit after Easter. And she's been Christian since she was in high school. and. I saw this invitation. I was like, "Oh, this looks like you know one of those like fun and energetic churches. Like this is one of your kind of churches. We should go check it out." The whole experience was just like very, very moving, and it felt so great that I could feel that way um, in a hotel conference room where you know I maybe hadn't felt that way in a long time. With the move to the Computer History Museum, I saw that as a great opportunity. I joined the ops team, and that was nice. I got to you know actually talked to people before and after service. Um, also I joined the Alpha group and that really changed everything for me because all throughout my faith journey and whether it was in my undergrad studies or uh, growing up, at times I felt I couldn't ask questions and I feel I I just always have a lot of questions and um, coming to current and you know, hearing them say at the beginning of every service, you know, current is a community following Jesus together. You're welcome wherever you are in your spiritual journey. Um, I have felt that is to be so true here. So no matter where I was, no matter what question I might bring up, I never felt I was going to be judged. Since I've put my faith in Jesus, like I've I've really felt a much greater sense of peace. It's not a profession of saying okay now everything's just gonna magically fall into place um, it's knowing that you know things will still be hard but now I feel I have that foundation in Christ and that I, I have the tools to go out and and to to tackle what is needed and, and to do what I'm here for
0: Brian, if you're watching online, we love you, man. Uh, he, he recently moved down to SoCal uh, to be closer to his girlfriend. Uh, shout out to the Ops team and the Alpha group and the prayer team. I mean, in so many ways, that puts life, flesh, and blood to the very hope and purpose of why we're here. And it's such a, you know, thinking about how God pursued Brian in the midst of that as he was sharing his story coming to the barrier thinking it'd just be like a different way and and yet pursued him and thinking about how god chose to use us as a church in that and in no way is that like a woo we're you know check it we've got the strategy it's like no he chose to use us as a church filled with jonas people who tend to have the tendency to flee and sleep on god's call that's in all of us it's in me It's, it's but god chooses through his grace to pursue us and chooses to equip us to extend his grace to others. Uh, this is the same God who took on flesh and came into this world to live the life we were called to live, but, but don't live it. You know, the one thing that Jonah had going for him, it was when the sea got so bad and it all, got, it all got brought to head, and he's like, ah, you got me, that kind of thing, is he said, all right, just throw me into the sea. Now, I'm, I personally, I think I would bet that, that was an impure thought. I'm guessing partly he was thinking, you know what, I just want to stand already. But, uh, hey. But it was, it was him saying, hey, I want to sacrifice myself. Jesus came, thrown into the great storm of our sin and death in order to take care of everything so that we can be brought into an eternal relationship with God. In fact, if you're here today, you've never put your faith in Jesus. You're like Brian. You're checking things out. The gospel or good news of Christianity, of Jesus, is that he died for your sins and mine to bring us back into a relationship that we could forever be with him. Received by faith. Meaning, received completely by what he's done. Even our faith is kind of in spite of us. He receives us. And if that's you, you can make a faith decision today. and We'd love to come alongside you and be a support to you that. That's the greatest news there is. But for those of you who have put your faith in him, there's, to me, the main point of Jonah chapter 1 is to choose to move with, John, uh, excuse me, with god choose to move with him it like god can use the storms and the fleeing and the all that sort of he can do that but why like lean into that <laughs> why not lean into trusting god and being a part of what he's about and that's that's what this life's all about and that's the stuff when we get to heaven we'll be like thank you lord for so graciously letting us be a small part of that and i would just say we're here as a church trying to embody this imperfect like jonah's ourselves and if you want to be a part of this as a, as a community, we do this as a community especially, even as we do it you know, individually in our different places, we'd love to invite you in on that. So if you would be interested in that, let us know. You can use that card or whatever, but we'd love to roll up our sleeves and link arms with you uh, toward that end. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you so much for loving us when we don't deserve it. Whether we be like Jonah, whether we be like those sailors, whether we be like the people of Nineveh, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. Thank you for pursuing us in spite of ourselves. And thank you for equipping us to be a part of your mission in spite of ourselves. You are so good. You're so kind. Father, would you help us as a church and as Families and as individuals lean into that. Would you help us have the eyes and heart to see storms as as gifts to awaken to your call? Father, for those here today that they're experiencing storms, relationally, physically. Would you especially comfort them? Would you minister their hearts? We know that the beauty about Jesus is he was not only in the boat with us went into the storm for us. And so, Lord, if people are in a storm right now, it feels like the boat was fall, falling apart, would you would you help them know that you're you're with them? And Father, would you also help them see your goodness in it and eternal calling? And I pray that it would be true for all of us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this time, we're going to close in uh, our worship through song. There's going to